0: Hello and welcome to the Diverse and Inclusive Leaders podcast. This is the show where I speak with the most inspirational and thought-provoking leaders of today and unearth their unique stories of diversity and inclusion to help inspire, educate and motivate others to make the world a better place. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by a returning guest. He is a phenomenal individual and his name is Steve Kenzie. A number of you may know him already, not just from the podcast, but because he's incredibly well known within the world of the United Nations Global Compact. Um, He is a director um, over at the UNGC UK and specialises in really driving forward best and sustainable business practice when it comes to the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals, which are linked, coincidentally, with the 10 dial facets. Now, Steve, you're on the Mackenzie-Dellis Review Committee last year for our pilot study. I'd be really keen to understand why you believe this report sets us apart from other diversity reports and how you found things in those early informative years when not many people knew about us.
1: Thanks, Lola. It's a real pleasure to be speaking with you as always. And also, I think an honour to be a part of the Mackenzie-Dellis Review because I think the work is, is really critical. One of the biggest challenges that we have working in this space is issues getting into silos, getting oversimplified. We have 17 goals. It's so difficult to take them on in a holistic way. And, and similarly, it's so easy to... Uh, to just to to boil down uh, diversity and inclusion issues down into gender or or ethnicity, and of course, so much of the problems in this area are are linked into intersectionality and where the the different facets um, overlap, creating a whole new set of challenges. And, and the, the the MDP review is unique, uh, in my experience, in taking such a, a holistic view, and I think that's absolutely critical um, that we uh, that we're doing that
0: Well, thank you so much, Steve, and you are such a valuable member of the Mackenzie-Dallas Review Committee, and we're excited to say that we are taking this over the pond into the States uh, this year. And so um, the more that we can inspire and educate around these 10 facets, which are, of course, so closely linked with uh, the goal, the, the absolute better. Now, Tell me, why do you think it is critical that companies start measuring wider and more holistic elements beyond some of the areas that you mentioned, like race and and gender or uh, socioeconomic status?
1: Well, I think there's a few reasons. Um, Undoubtedly, measuring and reporting is essential to to create credibility. any company can say they're committed uh, to diversity and inclusivity in their workforce, but until they put their cards on the table and provide some evidence um, of action, of commitment, um, that's all just talk. And, and I think, again, a commitment to diversity, if it stops at gender, um, isn't really a commitment to diversity at all. So, The real value for me here is that it demonstrates for a company a a true commitment. And more and more, I'm seeing companies are asking for it. So it's no longer just an internal issue about doing the right thing by your employees. Um, And undoubtedly, that leading to better management decisions and better performance in the company. But more and more, there's an external client-facing component to this where it's expected that uh, companies are going to be diverse. And I think there's an opportunity here um, on the business side to be really blunt. I think it it will pay uh, for companies to make an investment in, in becoming more diverse.
0: Well, not to sound biotistic, but I absolutely concur with everything that you have, have said there. Um, and there is this expectation. It's a great word that you use there. This expectation, um, looking back to when we first ever met a couple of years ago, uh, there was not as much noise around the agenda. Certainly, I've seen the S really start to inflate out of the ESG. Um, companies are absolutely fundamentally required and expected to do this. But your your point is so so valid around um the the commercial benefit uh the fact that um it does pay positively to really invest uh, in these incredible initiatives um but additionally to that you talked about this uh, this incredible intersectionality and intersectionality is one of those words that i know we are both fans of because it's how there are so many more things to each and every one of us those differences whether it be us as business leaders, us as human beings, um, us within uh, the context of the business environment, not just those one or two pieces. And it's what I love about the UN goals so much is you have these wonderful 17 really clear, impactful ways that people can always, always be driving towards because this is an evolutionary journey. It's not a one or a two or a three hit wonder as it were. Now moving into some of the relations between our dial facets and the UN SDGs. I know we did a lot of pairing and you and your wonderful team um, did some pairing with our facets which um, really I, I find so exciting. I wonder, on the gender and parenthood and caring responsibilities facet, which of the goals would you feel most relevant for our audience listening?
1: Goal five is explicitly calling for gender equality. Um, the, the, the SDGs have set a time limited you know, they, they were passed by the UN in 2015 with a, clear message these are goals we want to achieve by 2030 and and gender equality by 2030 in all its facets is um one of the the clear clear statements um gender equality also features in goal 8 um and that's about economic economic growth but central to that is the idea of decent work and eliminating discrimination in the workplace and goal 10 takes a, a higher level view on eliminating inequality within and between countries. And so there again, many aspects of diversity and inclusion are addressed in, in Goal 10. But of course, these are issues that impact throughout the SDG, so uh, poverty, health, um, education, all of these um, are impacted by achieving gender equality, but also impact on the achievement of that goal. So it's, it's all, again, talking about intersectionality. It, it's there in the goals in a you know, really um, really clear way.
0: And how about the disability and mental health and, and wellness facet of our dial facets?
1: So here again, goal three is talking about health and well-being for all at all ages. Um, And the targets within that goal um, explicitly address um, those facets. Um, And then again, eliminating discrimination in the workplace, goal eight, and eliminating inequality, goal 10, both come into play really strongly, along with many of the other goals, less less so overtly.
0: You mentioned age and generation there, another of our Dal facets, which affects authors across the board, no matter which generation we may be part of. Uh, which would you say of the UN goals would be most relevant in this instance?
1: Here again, eight and 10, decent work and, and inequalities. I think education goal four uh, comes in quite strongly here. Um, of course, we're seeing more and more uh, talk around in the whole broader sustainability uh, conversation about generational inequalities. Um, You know, what kind of burdens are we putting on young people today and how can we get their voice heard? But equally ageism is on the rise. And and as people want to lead fuller, fulfilling lives, um, active lives longer, um, these are things that need to be addressed. And and of course, um, Goal three on, on health and well-being has a big, um, I think, age and generation component uh, potentially as well.
0: Absolutely, absolutely agree. And goal 10 is is one of those goals that features so heavily across a number of the facets. And it just gives that real candid example of the fact that this is not just one thing. It overlays and interweaves between so many uh, different um, contexts. How about, I know I'm lumping a number of our DAO facets here, but looking at religion, belief systems, nationality, socioeconomic status, race and ethnicity, and sexual orientation, which would class as, again, a number of the Dal facets, both visible and invisible. How about your thoughts here in terms of relevant UN SDGs?
1: Here again, I think probably they're most explicitly addressed in Goals 8 and 10 where all forms of discrimination in the workplace need to be eliminated if we're going to achieve goal eight. And and so all of the facets come into play there. And and likewise, um, all inequality needs to be eliminated if we're going to achieve goal 10. So all of the facets are really closely linked to to the SDG ambitions.
0: Your mention there a number of times of the reduced inequality piece is so relevant, in particular when we talk uh, a lot about equality and and equity, which for many, you know, from the the, the kind of maybe the na- naive eye think, hmm, you know, we want to get to this place of of equality. Of course, we all do. But In order to actually get to that place of equality, we have to recognize the equity situation and the specific needs and requirements needed to to actually level that playing field. And so it makes complete sense to me that um, the, the goal eight and 10 feature so heavily across um, a number of our a number of our DAL facets and inequality again you know we see it all around in in the world in the workplace and um you know having these um brilliant beacons of uh, goals and, and areas in which we can focus on organizations can focus on really does focus more on the carrot as opposed to the stick and how we can positively transform next steps and keep the momentum on when it comes to delivering this positive change.
1: If I may uh, uh, um, a comment on goal 10 because I think it's um, this is a a huge um, it's a huge agenda in scope and, and in ambition. And I think goal 10 is one of the most ambitious goals. This notion of eliminating inequality between countries as well as within. And I think there's a really important role for you know, business in that. It's, it feels like this sounds like governments talking to each other, but more and more big multinationals wield such power. And just by leading by example and projecting international standards in this space can be hugely powerful influence on both eliminating inequality between countries but within countries as well. By bringing international, international standards of performance on diversity and inclusion into their policies in a country that may be lagging behind those international standards raises the bar and starts to influence the behaviours within the country, as well as helping to equalise between countries. It's, it's tremendously important and a, and a role that I think we really need the biggest companies to step up and accept.
0: I, again, uh, I, <laughs> I should be on repeat saying I can curse <laughs> because I I absolutely couldn't agree more. And this is it, you know, to, to, I guess, add on to, to the back of your comments there, it is these large global corporate multinationals have the power to influence. They have a huge amount of, of spend of influence um, international as you say across many uh, different countries that so how can we really move towards leading practice ultimately questionably does best practice ever exist we're always going to be on this evolution but at the end of the day making sure um, we are always sharing learning um, as you do um, with the UN Global Compact on this richness of peer-to-peer learning sharing in the network and, and what we do um, as well that is how we are going to get there much faster. Now I wonder how would you say uh, is the McKenzie-Dellis uh, review aligned uh, with some of the other more broad principles and why do you think that reporting to your earlier point um, with companies should absolutely work with these principles?
1: Um Global Compact is built out from 10 universal principles drawn from UN treaties on human rights, labor, environment, anti-corruption. Our sixth principle is to the, is the elimination of discrimination in respect of employment and occupation. So goal 10, um, but all, all together. So, I mean, this is completely aligned with our, our sixth principle. Um, and, and I think an, an essential Piece of the puzzle by, well, firstly, in itself, it's helping to project those international standards, which is absolutely vital. By, by creating a benchmark for the largest companies in the UK and the USA, um, it's putting pressure on to rise um, and do better. Um, so I think in that regard, the review is, a, is tremendously helpful in advancing our principles and this important, um, this important agenda. I think the reporting side of it, transparency again is absolutely essential because that benchmarking is critical. Um, if we don't have benchmarking, it enables a company to just think, it just cruise along with, with the tunnel vision on thinking we're doing okay because you really just don't know what anyone else is doing around these things by shining a bright light across all 10 facets um, and exposing how that performance measures up against peers. um, It's such a powerful um, driver. Nobody wants to be underperforming against their peers and not, I think probably one of the, just about connecting the dots, I suppose, by seeing how high that, that others are performing higher it just demonstrates that it's possible and that there takes away any excuse for not operating at that same level. So th- there are so many ways in, in which the, the Mackenzie um, dellas review is driving change in a positive way. Um, you know, I, I'm obviously, I'm a big fan.
0: And how about the benefits for organizations who are thinking, hmm, I'm reporting on so many things here. What would you say are the benefits for companies who take the time to track and measure their DNI goals?
1: Well, you, you can't do benchmarking yourself. Well, I guess you could, but it'd be, be tremendously difficult for somebody to do this on their own. So just by getting involved um, is a tremendous value. But well, you go a step further um, by providing these individualized scorecards that, are tremendously valuable. I just, if a company wanted to produce that on their own, I shudder to think what the cost would be um, to engage, uh, to do it internally or to engage consultants. I'm not even sure it would be possible. Um, so you're actually providing an invaluable service in providing that bespoke feedback across the 10 facets with you know, guidance on next steps, how to improve. Um, it's, a, it's a tremendously valuable Resource, and I think it should be a very easy decision for a company to make to participate in this project.
0: Thank you so much, Steve. And it is just such an honor for us at the Mackenzie-Dallas Foundation to be in partnership with the UNGC. Uh, I know we all um, work so hard, in particular on these not-for-profit initiatives. It it really is for the benefit of of wider society. And it's without, without organizations like yours and our many other charitable research partners, we really couldn't do this work, but definitely need organizations to get involved. And finally, I wonder, because you had some incredibly powerful com- comments um, throughout the report last year, and I know you'll be um, giving your, your expert opinion and thoughts on uh, the reviews again this year. What kind of insights do you think might come out of the research this year, differences and or similarities? Bit of a fun question here because we're, we're predicting what we think trends and futures are ultimately.
1: Well, I think many of the reviewers last year, I guess a key theme was seeing the need to broaden the agenda beyond gender. And and there were signs that it was starting to happen on um, ethnicity, but that still leaves eight facets out in the cold. And so I think I want to see and I expect to see progress in that direction. I I think... um, what I'm seeing within um, the conversations I'm having within the network is a heightened awareness, more conversations about belonging and inclusivity and that need to be more aware and attentive to the other facets and to start actioning um, diversity in in more ways than simply a, this sort of binary gender um, question. So. That's what I'd like to see. That's what I expect to see. Um, And as we mentioned earlier, I see that translating into real business benefits for the leaders um, that are picking up that message and acting on it
0: for all of our listeners who are tuning in thinking, right, I absolutely must get uh, these UN SDGs on our company agenda, if they're not there already, and uh, the facets, how can we reach out to you and the wonderful team uh, for the work that you do?
1: Well, uh, socials. Um, we, we're quite active on Twitter and LinkedIn. You can find us, UN Global Compact Network UK. I'm very happy to, um, to engage directly, time permitting, um, but we have a lot of programming uh, coming up um, in the months ahead. Our Global Goals Roadshow, it's got seven seven virtual uh, city visits uh, in October. We've got stuff happening um, ongoing on uh, child labor and climate change across the whole SDG spectrum. So lots of activity and, and a lot of our old uh, past work is available. It's all recorded and you know, really delighted to engage and And support anyone that's keen you know we're looking for that commitment to be sustainable and to do better and with that um, we're really happy to work with any company that's that's truly committed uh, to doing better in this space.
0: As ever, it has been a joy speaking with you. I could go on for another couple of hours quite easily talking about the goals I know we get really into the nuts and bolts when we start talking about them and certainly the DALF facets. For everyone who's been tuning in to the podcast today, uh, don't worry, we will make sure we put all of the details to contact Steve, to contact uh, the UNGC. I'd hugely encourage you to get involved in the roadshows. I know there's a number of blue-chip organisations who so all signed up. In addition to the Mackenzie Dallas Review, which we hope you get involved with this year, it's entirely for free. They're all not for profit initiatives. We need your help. We need your support. We'd love to hear your thoughts and how we can continue to move the dial. So thank you very, very much, Steve. You do wonderful work. I commend you and the team over at the UNGC and keep it up. My name is Leila McKenzie-Dellis. I'm the founder and CEO of Dal Global and founder of the McKenzie-Dellis Foundation. Um, You've been listening to the superb Steve Kenzie from the UN Global Compact in the UK. Um, Check out his goals and we will look forward to seeing you again very soon. But until then, take care.